Welcome to Bossy Pants and the Nerd. We're Mel and Kevin, and we're going to chat with you about our passions, what we've learned, and what we love. Also, we're married to each other, and you get to listen to us talk. You are welcome. One of our favorite things to do together is gardening. And if you had told me 10 years ago that I would love gardening, I wouldn't have believed you. But I'll share my personal experience with gardening and why I love it. But I wanted to ask you, Kevin, uh, what is your background with gardening? What was it like as a kid? Um, did you think you would grow up to have a big old garden in your backyard? Yeah, when I was a kid, um, we had this giant garden that was big enough to feed three plus very large families. And I don't mean the people in them were large, but they had a large <laughs> number of people. Like homeschool families. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and so what would end up happening is my experience with gardening as a kid was my mom waking me up in the middle of the summer and going, hey, Kevin, we're going to go weed the garden. And I had to feign excitement because if I didn't sound excited, then that was an indication that I needed to build more character. And that meant more gardening and more weeding. So I had to pretend to be excited about weeding so that we could go out and weed this giant garden that was like, I don't even know. It was like 75 feet by 135 feet wow. or something like that. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. Like you do the math on that. It's, it's like, like 10,000 square feet. Farm. <laughs> yeah, it's like 10,000 square feet. It's it's crazy. So what part did you no, have? No, sorry. 1,000 square feet. Okay. <laughs> what Big part difference. did you have as a kid in? Did you just do the weeding or did you help plan? Oh, did no. you decide what to put oh, in? Oh, we did all of the things. Okay. See, um, I didn't actually run the rototiller until I get older. How old? <laughs> like 12? I don't know. 16? I might have been like late high school. Okay. Before I was like rototiller. The same rototiller we're using. Yes, okay. which was my, my great-grandfather's. And it's built like a tank. And <laughs> it's been dented up and beaten. And I, I swear to you, I think this thing is 50 years old. I think it weighs 200 pounds. Oh, it's it's heavy. It's insane. Oh, it's 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 a beast. <laughs> I, I love it because I, I look at other people's rototillers and I'm like, that's just an O with extra steps. <laughs> you know, like if you're going to get a rototiller, like let's get something that can I rip up the earth. consider myself incredibly strong and capable and I physically cannot push this thing. Like it's insane. I Anyways. once got into the back of a truck by Bye. myself. I'm a little proud of that. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, you had the rototiller, but what else, what else did you help with? Well, what I, we always had to help plant, right? And so that meant like trying to measure how far to space out your, your seeds. Mm -hmm. But try doing that when you're like nine mm -hmm. and the seeds are tiny. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen onion seeds, but they're seriously like smaller than a small fly, right? So you got like 50 billion of these little seeds right on the ground at the bottom of a packet. So I'm pretty sure that I like annoyed my mom by spilling them a lot. And so that's probably why I buy way more seeds than I eat every year. It's <laughs> because I'm assuming that I'm going to spill them all, even though I don't anymore. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But it didn't just start with the planting or the planting. Oh, I didn't do the planting Did you help with planting? Okay. I mean, I was like five. Like Did I can't do the math. Did you I have know. a say in what you got to plant? Sometimes like they'd be like, okay, look, we're going to plant one thing that you want and one thing that your brother wants. Let me guess. <laughs> you ahead. wanted pumpkins. Uh, we did that once. I don't remember if I picked it or not, but we did do pumpkins once. Okay, what did you pick? Um, there was one year Brian wanted popcorn. 
<laughs> so we grew popcorn, and that was actually kind of legit. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to do that again now that I mention it. Um, I, I wanted watermelon one year. Mm. That went horribly. We we got no watermelon. Mm -hmm. So we, we went to Meyer and we bought a watermelon when I finally admitted defeat and we decided the watermelon wasn't growing. Um, but yeah, no, like we had dill, garlic, onions, corn. Uh, we did potatoes a couple of years. We did... Um, green beans. Green beans. Oh my gosh, green beans. Um, in addition to that, after buying all of our green beans, we would go buy bushels of extra green beans. Are you serious? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I, we probably did like four bushels of green beans a year, at least. And you can them all then? Oh, yes. heck yes. Okay. And that meant that me and all my friends from these other families that also ate way too many green beans each year, um, we would sit around and snap green beans for like four hours. So my question is, do you have, a, what What was the purpose of gardening as for your family? And what was your perceived purpose mm -hmm. for gardening when you were a kid? I think the perceived purpose was, let's make Kevin wake up early in the morning and do something really hot and sweaty. <laughs> um, my mom's stated out loud purpose was that it saved money. Okay. Um, if we paid all of the free labor, mm -hmm. minimum wage, there's no way we saved money. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure that garden saved money off of the free labor of all of us children. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I think honestly, I think she just liked it. Okay. So there was some frugality in it. But oh, I mean, yeah, like seeds are cheap, like tomatoes, like you pay like, what, 75 cents a plant? But also that. in our experience, it also can be very expensive to garden. Oh, like yeah. Buying the right supplies, mm -hmm. getting the right framework for it, um, buying the seeds. If you buy I, new rototillers that run out yeah. every three years and they're terrible and they, they're At the, awful. The hours that you put into it, that mm -hmm. like you have, I think you have to enjoy it in order for it to be economically the right decision. Yeah, By, so the punchline is don't start a garden if you want to save money. Right. Start a garden if you want to help the environment by making better use of your local land than planting bluegrass that dies and shrivels every summer. Okay. Uh, so my point, not my point, my experience with gardening uh, is pretty minimal, and I, I my, we did have one or two years where we gardened probably like a 12-foot by 12-foot kind of plot behind our garage. Like your family? Yeah, growing, it, up. growing up. And we had a very small plot of land, like a tenth of an acre, which is probably what we live on right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was enjoyable, and there was nothing like having a fresh vine-ripened tomato. Mm -hmm. uh, but after a year or two, I remember we just let our neighbors grow the tomatoes and just they gave us their tomatoes and we were like, forget this. Basically, if you plant more than two tomato plants, you become the tomato dealer for your neighborhood. <laughs> like you're going to have for a couple weeks every summer, you're going to have more tomatoes than you can possibly eat. Yeah. And so you're just like shoveling tomatoes at people. Like last year at work, I was the tomato guy. Oh and my I gosh, I forgot in, that. Yeah, I brought in like a bushel basket of tomatoes, like what, three or four times? Every couple days. <laughs> yeah, and we're just like, look, I got like 50 billion tomatoes in my desk. Please come eat them. Right. You know, like, and that was off of four plants last year. We have six plants this year. Oh, dear. Yeah. I know. Well, yeah, there's, so I, I have this recollection of my parents' sheer delight in eating corn on the cob or a fresh tomato and they I mean we would when we would go camping we would find the best farm stand on our way there and get the best looking corn and my dad like was really particular about which ears he got and my mom it was the only thing that she could eat like 
a ton of. <laughs> like, well, she didn't eat that much of anything else but corn on the cob. And then my, oh my gosh, the tomatoes. I mean, I don't know if it was, it's probably everybody has like a grandpa in their family who just loves fresh tomatoes. But, mm. you know, my grandpa used to slice them and make a tomato salad on a say. regular basis with just salt and pepper and some oil and vinegar. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie, the last like three nights, that's what I've had for dinner. And so he's not wrong. But aside from having... Well, putting a, your fresh tomatoes and making your own guacamole. Oh, yeah. Aside from mm -hmm. having your own, our own vegetable garden, I also have really strong memories of my parents despising yard work. And it was just <laughs> something that we had to do. And it was it was a pain and they hated it. And so I think I grew up thinking that I hated, I became an adult with this idea that I too hated yard work because that's what we do. Like who would like that? And now here I am, 30, almost 35 years old and I love yard work. I don't know, it, I think it's because for me it's so measurable. Like I can see the lines in which I have mowed the lawn. I can see the area that used to have a ton of weeds and no longer has weeds. I can see the flowers growing and then I cut them back in the fall. Like I never used to do that. We didn't cut our hostas back and like take care of them and then see them coming back every year. And it's like, where does this come from? It's just, it's a miracle every year. It grows year. right out of the ground. It really does. And I, it sounds so dumb to be excited about that, but that's one of the reasons I love gardening is it just, it feels like it's something out of nothing. And uh, so now here we are in our 12th year of marriage. And I think for the first maybe six, we dreamed about having a garden, but we either lived in an apartment or in a parsonage that wasn't our land, or we just kept moving and we're like, this is pointless. So we had a couple pots of tomatoes and that sort of thing. Which everybody knows that goes horribly. Right. You get like one tomato. Our, our apartment in Detroit that had one window that got a little bit of sun and grew one tomato on that little plant. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we had Eastern Market. And we did. We I could bike to Eastern imagine Market. Imagine if which, we lived by Eastern Market now. If y'all don't live in Detroit, well, well maybe if you do if you live, live in, in Detroit, Detroit, you should check out Eastern Market. And you already know what it is. For those of you who don't live in Detroit, it is a farmer's market that is awesome. legit. And basically every week, all all summer in Detroit, you can get all the fresh produce. You can shake a stick But out. here in Monroe, we have a farmer's market. Two we days, do. Two days a week. and We have not been there. I have been there. But we have not collected. I have not been, been there. there. Last year you were working when I went. And That's now true. this year, COVID. And we've been very precautious mm -hmm. uh, about where we go and who we're around. Um, so hopefully we'll eventually get to go to the farmer's market on a regular basis and support local produce. Mm -hmm. But now... Maybe you can give them some of our basil. Yes. <laughs> we have so much basil. Let's put it this way. I, I gave someone a grocery bag full of basil like a, yesterday. Like a, You can't tell I picked the basil. Like it looks brown, exactly the same. A brown paper grocery bag. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Not like a little Meyer bag, like with a couple leaves in the bottom. Like I cut off entire stalks of basil plants that are like what? Three feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. And I filled a, gar I filled a garbage bag with those and you, you can't tell I cut anything back. I read yesterday that basil is one of the 10 or so things, uh, plants that you um, can ward off different sorts of uh, pests. And, and well, it attracts bees, it like is, a mother. It is a good pollinating plant. Because the little, like, you let them go to seed at the top, which some people freak out about, but it's a leafing plant, it's not a fruiting plant, so nobody cares. It's fine, let it go to seed. Um, 
Yeah, like the bees, like, will not leave our basil alone. There's like a hundred out there, and the kids don't even care. They just, like, walk through the basil, and the bees are like, yeah, you're here, I'm here, we're all good. It's true. So, uh, Take care of your neighborhood bees. Without them, we all starve. Take care of your bees. So, a few years ago, we were living on, uh, we were essentially renters, but we had a large yard, and we decided to plant a large garden. It's true. And that was our first real venture into this actual gardening not just having a random plant here or there mm -hmm. so what has your experience been what have you learned what have we failed miserably at in the last how like four years is this our fourth year or fifth year of gardening it might be fourth yeah two here and then two there mm -hmm. that sounds right yeah i think what we've learned is um space mm -hmm. space things appropriately <laughs> now when you say we have learned I mean, you, you have finally learned that just because Kevin left three feet between the rows does not mean you plant a bunch of zinnias there that are going to grow to be four feet wide. Or like, let's just squeeze in some Brussels sprouts between these two rows of peas. And Both of these are things she did last year. Did you know that Brussels sprouts are not small? They grow, I mean, this these Brussels sprouts grew to be like three feet wide. Uh, they just take over everything. And then they didn't produce anything because we got some sort of aphid or horrible... Or they Insect. didn't have room and, and didn't get any sun. Also, they didn't have room. Yeah. Did you know that leaves, <laughs> it can just keep producing leaves and never produce fruit. And that is not good either. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus comes and curses your fig tree. Exactly. This is what I've been thinking about. That's the other reason I love gardening is because the metaphors. Jesus curses your fig tree. <laughs> yes. The metaphors, the spiritual metaphors for uh, our, our spiritual lives and with gardening is just it means it's you can endless. be a super lazy pastor and just talk about your garden all summer. All the time. Until people are sick of hearing about it. And then all fall. But hey, that's what Jesus the... did, so it's okay. Yes. Like the harvest, and then the the, the tilling, and then the weeding, and then all the things. All the metaphors. Yes. So, okay. So Crowding learned... things into the garden. Don't let things crowd out what's important. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it preaches itself. So, <laughs> I feel like you're mocking me, but also a you're 100%... Telling the truth. Oh, it's totally what I did last year. I talked about my garden nonstop. I but... talk about my garden all the time. So you Wait, very your garden. In my sermons, I talk about our garden. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're pregnant or I'm pregnant? I'm not pregnant. That's just one. Of yeah, my, no. One of my we're, pet peeves. We're taking care of that. So, um, you mentioned we learned or slash I learned. I was spacing. being generous. Yes. So why is so you planning is really important in gardening. Oh, you for, don't just, for like, sure. Go to the market. yeah. If you just go start digging things in rows and just throwing seeds down, um, you might grow some plants, but you're not gonna like get any food. Um, not a not a substantial harvest. Yeah, like you're gonna get like four tomatoes. You know, um, so like tomato plants, they say to space about like 18 inches. The vines. Um, we have a 20 foot long row of tomatoes that only has six plants. Is it 20 feet down? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that means that I gave them a little bit more than three feet of space each instead of 18 inches. And they could use more space. And they could use more space. They They're kind of on top of each other. Huge. Mm -hmm. A couple of them are five feet tall or more. Yeah. And they're probably, some of them, almost three feet wide. Yeah. So you either like need to be super careful about like actually pruning them and like directing the leaves perpendicular mm -hmm. to the row so that they grow more like away from their fellow plants. Um, but nobody actually has time for that. So you just need to give them more space and then it's okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that said, yesterday I did go through and I cut off all the branches that did not bear fruit. That's what so I was So that they doing. can be even more fruitful. <laughs> Accidental scripture reference. I know. I know. Yeah, because a couple of the plants had a bunch of tomato fruit, tomatoes on them, mm -hmm. but a lot of dead leaves. So I had gone through and already ripped a bunch of them off, and then you did even more. Yeah. Yesterday. Uh, well, yesterday morning, like mm -hmm. around 11. Okay. I don't know who got to it first. No, yeah, we. I did it the day before, but oh, apparently okay. a lot needed to be trimmed. Yeah, basically. So planning the, the tomatoes and then having the right structure for oh it yeah for well. sure well it can, if you stick like tomatoes and corn on opposite sides of carrots those are both really tall plants so your carrots are not going to get any sun ever which means they're just not going to grow and the less sunlight there is for carrots the more they grow leaves oh. because they're trying to get to the sun oh interesting. if they have enough sun they'll grow deeper roots which is the part you eat interesting so you need to make sure they've got a bunch of sun Okay. Which is why our carrots are on the south side of our tomatoes mm -hmm. and pretty far to the west of our corn mm -hmm. so that they don't get super early morning sun, but by like 10 in the morning all the way through till evening, they have full sun. Mm -hmm. So this year we have on the eastern line running north to south, mm -hmm. a line of two rows of corn. Yep, corn on which, the east side. Which produced amazing, I mean, these, these corn stalks were seven feet tall mm -hmm. by July 4th <laughs> and we've had two or three meals with multiple people eating yeah. off of the corn so that's been so exciting to just see these tiny corn seeds grow into giant stalks mm -hmm. then we have two uh, rhubarb plants that produce again and again and you don't have to do anything to rhubarb rhubarb is probably the easiest thing to grow ever and we transplant comes back it. every year it's been transplanted twice twice from Glenn and Janet to our house. Oh, and then right, right, right. From our house to this house. Thank you, Schoonovers. Yes. And this is like, what do they call it? Heirloom. I mean, it's like heirloom <laughs> uh, rhubarb. And if you've never had rhubarb pie, I don't care what Paul tells you, rhubarb pie is literally the best pie in the world. <laughs> and, uh, we have, We're just going to publicly shame Paul for not liking yeah. rhubarb pie. I'm sorry. We do love you. Um, it's okay. We didn't give his last name. I almost did. Uh, and I think we've gotten... But he lives in Toledo and has three children. He doesn't live in Toledo. Oh, right. He lives north of here. I was like, are you just trying to... Dang it. Okay. I fail at outing people. So we've gotten three or four harvests out of the rhubarb that just starts in spring and keeps going. And then two or three asparagus plants that also keep coming back every year and are awesome. And then we have two rows... Uh, well, alongside the asparagus in front of the the corn is actually zinnias. So these flowers that I love to plant from seeds, they are so hardy. By the, by November, they're still producing flowers. And the stalks, the stems are like little tiny trees. They're so sturdy. You can knock these things on the ground and they'll still keep, like, they'll just keep producing flowers. And you can cut them and come again. That's actually the brand. Cut and come again is one of the varieties of these zinnias but they attract so many pollinators the butterflies are amazing they've got these beautiful little finches that i don't know if they actually do anything pollinating wise but they're beautiful and a bunch of bees um so those are there and they're about Which again bees are good for your garden the, if you kill yes. all the bees in your garden you won't get any fruit the zinnias are probably four feet tall they're super tall yeah probably and then in front of that are the two rows of corn uh, not corn carrots mm -hmm. excuse me and we're about ready to harvest probably all of our carrots. And maybe replant, yeah. And then two rows of onions. One red, one yellow. 
And those look pretty small right now. I don't know. Yeah, if I don't know if those are going to be super well. Yeah. They I mean, if nothing else, it's a ton of green onions. You can me. tell that they're they're going to be edible. They're just not big right now. Yeah. And I don't know why they're, like, coming out of the ground. Well, I think that... Uh, I think I planted them a little too shallow. Mm. Um, and then I think that the ground settled, because I planted pretty soon after we rototilled. Mm -hmm. So as the ground settled, I think it's been settling, and the onion bulbs have just been kind of, like, yeah. coming up. And then we have six uh, different pepper plants, two bell peppers, two jalapeno pepper plants, and two cayenne pepper plants, mm -hmm. and then a million basil plants. And I also forgot about the, the green bean plants that yep. I swear we got two bush, yeah. we planted two bush green bean plants, and so they didn't need a trellis, and we ended up with a climbing, vining <laughs> green bean plant. Mm -hmm. So we put a trellis out there anyways. But we've got all of that plus our six tomato plants. Yes. And we've made some mistakes this year. Some things like the onions you just commented mm -hmm. that we would do differently. Yeah, they're still growing, but they could, they could be better. Can you uh, recount some of our mishaps both this year? I'm thinking of some of the rototilling um, issues and our miscommunication about how many times we should till, as mm -hmm. well as um, uh, some of the things we've planted, some of the choices we've made. Why do you like gardening also? Well, for me, like, the weeding is probably my least favorite part, mm -hmm. which is good because for some reason you seem to really like it. I do. So I do almost none of our weeding. Basically, when I feel guilty, I go weed <laughs> when she's weeding. When he wants to hang out with me. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, like, I, the rototilling thing, I, I am of the opinion that until you stop seeing clumps of roots come up when you rototill, you haven't rototilled enough. Mm -hmm. Um... So usually if it's like, if you're redoing a garden, like it's the same spot you did last year, you know, three times through is probably enough. Um, but each time that I do it, I usually go over the ground at least three times. And in different directions. And in different directions and things. So like, it's probably actually tilling the ground like 10 times total. Mm -hmm. You can just do it in batches of three or four. But this year we doubled the size of the garden. So you were tilling, mm -hmm. tilling like grass essentially. Which was kind of terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't, we could have cut up the sod. Like could have, yeah. <laughs> that probably would have helped if we had, like, shoveled out some of the yeah, sod. Yeah, but that's the point of having an old tank of a rototiller. You don't have to. Right. <laughs> you don't have to. So you tilled it. It looked great. We planted. We gave our rototiller to our friend to borrow. Mm -hmm. And you said you would have gone over it a couple more times. And I was thinking you'd said you were done. So I was like, let's just let our friends borrow it. Mm -hmm. No big deal. And we planted everything, and then what happened? <laughs> and nothing came up. Well, yeah, nothing really came up. And it was frost. Yeah. So we had the to... The ground was all weird looking. It was a sheet of, like, new grass that yeah. had grown. It's true. And so you decided to rototill again. You just tilled basically everything was up. Was that, again. like, June 1st or so? I didn't till up the corn. The corn was doing okay. Mm -hmm. We left the corn. And we then... left the tomato area. Mm -hmm. No, we didn't. I no, tilled I, that, too. Yeah. Yeah. We basically only left the corn, the beans, and uh, the asparagus and rhubarb. Asparagus and rhubarb, because you know you can't tell that. But it looked so beautiful, like the soil. I Afterward. mean, we just we do we lucked out with the quality of the soil that we have here because mm -hmm. in a, at our old property there were like huge chunks of concrete and stones and stuff underneath the, mm -hmm. the dirt that was just a pain. But we ended up retilling and then all the grass grew up again, but this time alongside the plants. And so we had to do, we had to wait until you could tell, okay, these are definitely onions. They're four inches tall and they all look like this. And I have to pull every single thing 
around it. I mean, it was, it probably took me 20 hours or so of weeding. It's kind of great. To get, yeah, to get all of those weeds out. But now we've got this amazing garden. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, it's beautiful. And we're getting to share it with people. Yeah. So, and I think that's really the payoff. Is, yes. You know, like last year, I, I kind of liked being the guy who's like, yo, you all love fresh tomatoes. I have more fresh tomatoes than I can eat. Mm -hmm. Why don't you come on over and uh, mm -hmm. grab some tomatoes? Yeah, I think when we started gardening and when I've helped some of my friends garden, it was for the purpose of frugality and of canning all of this stuff. Yeah. But and then the I time realized, invested, you really don't save any money. Like, go get a second job if right. your goal is to save money. Oh, I realized canning is, it can be fun. I know a lot of people that really like canning. I enjoy canning strawberry jam. So that's what I do. Every, I think I've missed one year in the last 12 of canning jam. Mm -hmm. But I hate canning tomatoes. I don't really like canning anything Anything else. you have to blanch is the worst oh thing in the world. Like, so, I, I did that as a kid. That was my job, is blanching the tomatoes. Yeah. And so, like, you're literally just standing over a hot pot of boiling humid air water for, like, for like six hours. Six hours, yeah. because we're making a couple hundred quarts yeah. of tomatoes. Yeah. So, when we once we determined that it wasn't from... I'm a... I'm a cheap person. Like, I'm just cheap. So I thought I would garden for the cheap. You're cheap in cheap things. Right. Anything over $20,000. And she's like, oh, that house is <laughs> only an extra 50 grand. Let's buy that one. That's a completely different subject. But I, once I uh, uh, wrapped my head around the fact that this wasn't to save money, it was. it's genuinely because we love the process. So I think us together, you're the planner. I mean, mm -hmm. you you instinctively and by experience and by like reading the seed packets and by spreadsheet and by spreadsheet well that's what i was going to say can put together a spreadsheet mm -hmm. that determines the exact square footage of every plant mm -hmm. so if you need help doing that kevin would love to help you plan out plot your garden i can get you a color coordinated and labeled diagram yeah. of exactly where to plant it. and then you also do the really heavy lifting of the rototilling early on yeah. which i physically cannot do and we kind of both enjoy the actual seeding process mm -hmm. and being a part of that. And that is super fun to do with our kids. Mm -hmm. And involving them and, like, letting them get to dig in the dirt is just awesome. Like, I don't remember enjoying getting dirty as a kid, so it's fun to see our kids do that and to really, like, they want... We bought them this playhouse so that they wouldn't bother me while I'm in the garden, and they still want to be with me in the garden. They'd rather play in the garden. Right. They'd, they'd rather help me weed. And if our family is listening, they do also love the playhouse. They do. Because <laughs> um, y'all help buy it, and I don't want you to think they don't. But then it's not, right? You can't just plan the garden, and you can't just seed the garden. Then you have to tend to the garden. Right. And that Yeah, if you don't weed it, and you don't keep on top of it, like, just don't, don't bother. Like, the weeding and watering are two of my things, yeah. where I'm like, I need to take care of these plants. And, and my friend Francesca, who's a brilliant gardener, taught me about how uh, to pull the suckers of tomatoes, like the little, mm -hmm. the little parts, the little stems that grow in the fork like it's a it grows a little third uh third mm -hmm. stem in between and you got to take those buddies out of there so that they produce even more fruit mm -hmm. um, the thinning process before the weeding even or mm -hmm. during the weeding is super hard for me to do but i know it's important and that you comes, mean emotionally hard uh yes thank you for clarifying yeah it's not weeding a little like one inch tall plant <laughs> it's not really physically not, taxing <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're, everything you're, comes it's, from it's emotion. It's your, your emotional difficulty in, like, I planted yes. you from a seed, and now I'm going to pluck you out and kill you. Yes, it like, there's so many beautiful little seedlings, and they're so cute, and mm -hmm. I just don't, I it's so, 
it's a mental, it's mentally taxing for me to, to, to pull them out. I'm surprised you don't have emotional distress mowing the lawn. Mm -hmm. Think about all those plants you're just chopping up. <laughs> oh she's, my gosh! She's tearing up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, but I know, based on my experience with the Brussels sprouts last year, that things need room to grow. That green things don't mean necessarily mean a healthy plant. It, it could mean there's not there's a whole bunch of green leaves, but no fruit ever. Right. So spacing things out and pulling all this basil and pulling all of these extra things um, is a really important part of the process. And then the same thing with trimming, like cutting off giant mm -hmm. chunks of the plant to make it healthier. It's it's emotionally taxing to do that every time. But I know it's it feels like a spiritual practice and a spiritual discipline of, of cutting off things that might look healthy but are actually impeding the growth in the long run. What is your least favorite part of gardening? I mean, weeding. Okay. Well, I actually, this is really bizarre, but I do not love harvesting. Like, it's exciting for me to see the first fruits, but then I'm like, okay, like the fun part for me That's is... That's weird. Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? I love watching things grow. I don't love going out there... I'm going to spend like, three months cultivating this plant so that it produces as much fruit as possible. I'm just going to hate picking it. I really do. I want, like, if I could magically have the garden in the front yard. And you are a weird kid. Let people pick it themselves. Like, yeah. That, I don't know why, but I'm the process of growing is what I enjoy. By the way, next year we're getting blackberries. Oh, yes. We're going to plant a row or so of different berries, berry bushes down our if you guys are wondering if there's a payoff to this podcast, there really isn't. There We're isn't. just talking about our garden. We really just wanted to talk about how much we So far, this is our longest podcast already. <laughs> you know that. I have so many more things to Us say. Us just sitting down and talking about our garden is the longest podcast of okay. this season. Should <laughs> we should probably wrap it up. It's the time of the season of loving. Do you know that song? Nah, enough to sing it with okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we should probably wrap this up, but I think maybe we need a follow-up and all of the spiritual crossovers that we love about gardening. Oh, that sounds like preaching. We are preachers. YouTube.com slash Monroe Except it doesn't work because we haven't gotten 100 subscribers yet. Okay, that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so the other reason, besides, like, we're doing this gardening thing because we genuinely love the process. We love every part of it. Uh, like Between the two between of us. Between the two of us, one of us loves every, every part, part of it. it. But And we also, we're, we planted more so that we could share it. So I, I stuck a table out front yesterday and just put a sign out, free, fresh from our garden, and had people walking by taking tomatoes and green peppers. And that is exciting to me, to get to share some of the produce. And of course, you know, eating the fresh tomatoes is also delicious. Um, but if you need basil, Come find us. We got basil. <laughs>